BT can definitely talk because he's one of the brothers. So that's the way that this works. You know, the brothers. This is one of the brothers. Um, is this not the brothers unpacking episode three? Yeah. This is the brothers unpacking. So the way that this works is the brothers have control. We will uh, grant permission to speak and uh, join us on the stage as we see fit. You know, that's kind of the way that the rules of this uh, unpacking is to go, Miss Victoria. But we do appreciate you joining us. Uh, what's going on with you, Key? Miss Devin, we appreciate you joining. I know you got a lot to say. <laughs> I can't keep up, man. Victoria, what are you talking about? You said you more brother, you more brother than most brothers, huh? I see. What's going on with you, Jamal? Uh you have to be invited to the stage before you get a microphone and mute uh, button. So while you're in the audience, you won't you won't see a, a microphone or a mute. You can just hear us. Yeah, that's who was that, Miss Kiara? Yeah, you can't you can't speak yet. You'll uh you'll be able to hear us, but uh, Mr. Jamal, what's going on with your brother? We, we, we added you to the stage, you know, so welcome to Unpacking for everybody that is, you know, new or just now joining us. Uh, this Unpacking episode, we will be unpacking uh, episode three of the Blacked Out Couch podcast, which featured the brothers. And the, the subject matter was, are we protecting black women and children? So Unpacking is designed to be the same way as the episodes uh, with the small twist because we allow the other gender to actually come in and join the conversation. However, if it's the brothers unpacking, they decide if the women, if and when the women take the stage and vice versa, if it's the sisters unpacking. So tonight it's the brothers. We appreciate all the sisters for joining. We will definitely get some feedback, get some comments, get some, you know, talking points from y'all shortly here. But uh, the brothers will be in control. So Mr. Jamal, if you want to unmute your mic at any time, you can definitely uh, join in with us, man. We're glad, glad to have you here. What's up? What's going on with you, brother? I was going on. I'm actually at work, though, but yeah. Oh, you good, man. You good, man. Appreciate you hopping on, man. Uh, no problem. Chat with us for a little bit. If anybody has not checked out, uh, had opportunity to check out episode three, uh, the link is actually pinned at the top of the room. So, uh, very, very interesting episode, man. We had a very, uh, very good dialogue, very good conversation. But as, um, as I always feel like with, with all of the, uh, all of the actual episodes, I just feel like, man, we run out of time. And so these unpacking, these unpacking sessions are really important because it gives us an opportunity to um, add to, to, you know, expound upon some of the points that we made. And again, like I said earlier, 
to get, you know, some of the opinions of the other parties. So if you haven't had a chance to check out that episode, definitely do that. You can find the link at top. All right, what time is it? All right, we're at 3.56, man. I think we're going to go ahead and uh, kick this thing off. Give me a second here. Give me a second here. Okay, here we go. All right, so I'm go ahead and kick this conversation off. Um, and uh, GT, I don't know if you can hear me. I know you're on mute. Um, I know you had some things on your mind, man, following our episode that you wanted to speak on. Uh, so I don't know if you want to start and open up with that, uh, some of that commentary. Uh, or if we need to go in a different direction with GT, let me know if you want to start with some of those thoughts that you had following our episode. I'd be glad to. Um, you know, following that episode, uh, the world learned of a situation of a 58 or 59-year-old white woman shooting and killing her black neighbor shot her through the door shot her multiple times and um you know normally you know because of where we live you know i'm i'm kind of callous to uh death you know just because of what you know our death rate and toll has been through the roof since Tying in my teens, I can remember. So, you know, hearing about, you know, the Ralph Yarl situation, it it bothered me, you know, but this particular situation really bothered me because I don't know if everyone knows about the situation, but I'll just kind of break it down for you here. Yeah, we'll break it down. So, there was an ongoing feud that these two, they were neighbors, okay? They've been having ongoing feuds for years. Um, I've since learned that there have been at least six calls uh, to the police uh, about the situation. And it wasn't necessarily any problems that the black lady neighbor was was causing. It was the white lady neighbor who was just continuously being racist, um, calling them out their name, um, just, you know, really over the top with it. And uh, this particular day, I I still don't know how it's happened, but the lady apparently threw some skates. Uh, the white lady threw some skates at the black lady's children, and it ended up causing uh, an iPad to be broken. I don't know if it got knocked out the hand, or I don't know how it happened. But either way, you know, they went and told your mom, and uh, mom, like any other parent would, went next door to have a conversation, adult to adult. From my understanding, she wasn't angry or upset or anything. She just wanted to have a conversation. So she went and knocked on the lady's door. Lady came to the door, shot her multiple times through the door, and ended up killing the lady. You know, um, I was very much so angered. Uh, I was really bothered. It it just just fucked with my mental that day. And, uh, you know, I I reached out to you, Rod, and was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in distress right now because... This is something, right, what we were just talking about. Are we protecting black women and children? And I'm not saying that there was a man there to do so or not do so, but 
Let's just start with the conversation. Why is he even absent in the first place to not be there to protect the woman and the children of that home to where she may still be here today? So, you know, that's that's just kind of where I want to get at and kind of start off because this bothers me and it still bothers me if y'all can't tell just just for me talking about it bothers me man because it, it just don't it, it, man come on man come on uh what was the um what was the sister's name do you do you remember the sister's name that uh that lost their life uh um, right off the top i really don't i don't i, I, I read the article i read i did you know i did um i did catch up on the on the scenario the situation myself uh, very, very disheartening. I think what was real disheartening was, uh, I, you know, when this incident actually happened, there wasn't an immediate arrest, um, and, and and that's kind of yeah, that's kind of where I think I think I want to focus on just to kind of give my opinion on, on on that particular situation. There wasn't an immediate arrest. Um, you know, you had a, a older white woman, um, you know, shot this woman woman where I think she was a mother of four, four or five, um, you know, over, over some sort of misunderstanding, whatever it was. Um, but there was not an immediate arrest. And the reason why I bring that up, man, is because, you know, as black people, man, both black men and women, you know, racism is a big thing in this country. Of course, we, we find ourselves in certain scenarios where we don't feel protected by the system. Right. Um, but as it pertains to situations like this, where, you know, it's a white woman involved with a black woman losing her life. This is a perfect example of, you know, the system not protecting us. Right. Um, GT, I think what bothered you in this instance was sort of the concept of. You know, something happened with the neighbor and, you know, the mother or the sister, you know, who was the mother, the sister who was the mother to multiple kids. She went, she had to go next door to kind of see what, what was going on with the situation. I think what bothered you was in, 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 in an ideal situation, that would be the man that goes next door to say, hey, well, baby, let me go over here and see what's going on. I think that's what bothered you mostly. Uh, about this situation. Am I right or wrong on that, cuz? No, you hitting the nail on the head. Absolutely. So, man, like, the situation is crazy for me because it's like, I, I definitely, I agree with you. I feel you on that. But even if it was, man, like, like you know, you, you brought up the, 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 the other young man, Mr. Y'all. Um, you know, even if it's a black man in a situation like that, bro, like, I think that, you know, white women, white men, in situations like that, they believe, not necessarily that they are above the law, but I think that a lot of them do believe that the law will protect them. Um, and, and, and so they, they believe, act. They be, I don't mean to cut you off, but they believe they're friends of the law. Exactly. Right. So like, even if they do something that they know is obviously, you know, illegal, harmful and all of those things, they still kind of act on, on, on those sort of uh, impulses without any fear of you know, anything happening to him. And so, like, I would say, bro, um, in regards to all of this being said, bro, as as a man, as a black man, bro, like, like, what is it that you think could have been done 
differently in this situation, either proactively or in the moment from black men that might have been, you know, in this sister's circle or in this sister's life. Because for me, man, it's just kind of hard. It's hard for me to see, right? Like, where, where, where do black men and, and, and our, you know, protecting black women or lack of protecting black women, where do we fall at in, in, in scenarios like that, bro? I feel what you're saying. And, and it kind of ties back because we don't, we don't know the situation of the exact reason why the man is absent from that home, right? Was he, you know, not fit to be in the home and not, you know, he wasn't healthy for the home, just to say it in, in, a, in, a, in a short way. Was he not healthy for the home? Or, you know, was it that the woman, as, you know, we can go back to the women's episode, did she not provide a space for him to, to be that man and end up squeezing him out? Like, we don't actually know the situation, but, you know, it could go both ways. You really don't know. I just feel like, you know, man, we got to work together for this, for these, man, we got to work together for these type of things to happen. And if, you know, if women are feeling unprotected, then, you know, we, we all got to take a look in the mirror and say, what can we do so that, you know, we get back to protecting women and children or, you know, actually showing, you know, instead of people just talking, saying that they protect women and children, they protected, not near woman and child in a decade. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, 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 uh, that bring me back just to our episode, right? Um, I think like sort of at the beginning, we all kind of took a second to kind of define what this protection, what does it look like? What is it supposed to look like? Right. Uh, so, so maybe, man, we can kind of circle back to that. Um, because, again, with this scenario, man, of the sister losing her life, I'm still trying to figure out the answer to that question. Like, man, what what, what were we supposed to do or what should we have done to prevent situations like this? Right. And I, and I don't know if that's right. a, a question about immediate action or, you know, um, you know, long term behavioral actions right like 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 changing habits and that sort of thing um it's 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 a fucked up situation bro like but but i honestly in situations like that where race plays plays a part um i honestly don't think that there's anything that a black man could have done in that situation to prevent it i mean he could have stepped in front of the bullet four we kind of joked about that right um in the episode but 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 that's about it like you know what i'm saying like when it comes to racism because i think we spoke about that in the episode as well bro like anytime like police got to get involved or scenarios like that even when you're talking about scenarios where you into it with somebody of another race as black men we have to be uh mindful of how we reacted in that situation because if it goes left we gonna be the target so that's what I'm thinking, like, you know, in that scenario, bro, I'm really trying to figure it out. Like, man, what what could we have done differently? I'm just sitting here thinking, I, I agree with you. It's, it's a great question. Man, so so now I'm, I'm going to talk to you, bro. Uh, I'm going to shift gears real quick, bro. Um because I, I talked to you uh, briefly about, you know, this other day I told you that, you know, I really wasn't in a good space. Um, 
and I'm not, bro. Uh, so so I, I really, man, I'm going to take a couple of minutes to just kind of share uh, some some of my thoughts. And it's actually directly related to this subject matter. Uh, so okay. uh, I will ask for, for, for forgiveness from everybody that's in here because I might get a little heavy uh, with where I'm about to go with this. Uh, but it's definitely something that has been on my mind. It's um, something that I've been dealing with uh, directly. So uh, we're talking about black men protecting black women and children or lack thereof, right? So uh, very recently, man, within the last few weeks, uh, somebody very close to me, a close loved one, um, female uh, person in my life, you know, she shared with me uh, an experience that she had recently that really, bro, ha has me completely sick to my stomach um, that she's dealing with this scenario, with this situation. Um, to sum it up, man, without, you know, going into all of the details, uh, she she went on a date with a, with, with a man that, you know, that she's actually uh, was, was familiar with prior. You know, they, they had had some dealings, some some communication between each other and whatever. And uh, so she, you know, she went on a date with him after knowing him for, for a few years. Uh, you know, they spent some time, pretty much spent the whole day together, uh, took her out for some drinks, whatnot. Um, at some point, she tells me that her memory becomes very blurry and uh, shaky. She can't remember uh, in and out as if she blacked out. Uh, she says that the next big detail that she remembers is uh, she remembers waking up with this man on top of her, taking advantage of her sexually. Uh, again, this is somebody very close to me. Um, immediately upon hearing this story, I became very enraged, uh, outraged, you know, uh, emotionally charged up. But the um, the most gut wrenching part of this story was as she was telling me this, um, and of course I have all of these questions about you know what needs to happen next or these suggestions I should say, um, but you know she immediately went into this mode of um, not necessarily blaming herself, but uh, she went into this mode of feeling like it really didn't matter if she was to try to come forward come forth about it, you know what I'm saying, uh, turn this man in, you know, or, or, or anything of that nature. Um, you know, she, she talked to me about uh, the fact that this is not the first time that a man has taken advantage of her in this way. Um, and, you know, she, she talked about childhood traumas, um, you know, scenarios with family members uh, where family members either didn't believe her or, or, or didn't. Uh, take enough appropriate action to, to continue to protect her uh, as a young woman, as a young child. Um, and, you know, so she had all of these uh, sort of not not excuses, but uh, logical reasons why, you know, I really don't want to have to deal with this situation from that aspect of trying to take action uh, for what happened. And, um, Bro, you know, like GT man, like this scenario, man. I know it's it's a scenario that hit home for me, bro. 
but like it, it, it does ring true with the same shit that we're talking about where it's like, bro, what are we supposed to do in scenarios like that? Because for me, bro, like I want to fuck this nigga up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is somebody that can be touched. We know who this nigga is, know where he is, that sort of thing. Um, in, in, in my mind, I immediately jump back to that level of protection, right? And then if we, you know, as as my emotions start to calm down and it's like, well, you might not want to do anything to jeopardize anybody's freedom, that sort of thing. Okay, well, at the very least, his freedom should be in jeopardy for what he done, right? You know, so it should be a no-brainer in my mind as a man, as a black man. When I hear stories like this, I feel like it's a no-brainer that you're supposed to turn this man in. You're supposed to go to the full extent of the law. However, I will tell you from personal experience, bro, this is just one of the latest situations that um, has been heavy on my heart. But I can tell you, bro, that throughout life, bro, since I was a young teenager, I've had multiple women in my circle uh, women that I've been involved with, women that I've known either through a friend or directly, all have spoken about being sexually assaulted, all have had that same attitude of it's not even worth it to try to come forth. Um, and you can best believe that all of these black women, all of these sisters feel like that they are not protected around black men. They feel like black men are untrustworthy. Uh, they feel like that, that that they are, you know, toxic, that they feel like uh, even in scenarios like this, right, where I hear all of these scenarios, I got all of these women close to me uh, that have talked to me about scenarios like this, right? So in my mind, that makes it common, like, damn, this is a common thing, right? But then on the same, at the same time, I'm surrounded by black men and, and, and I don't hear that. I don't hear these side of the stories uh, or that side of the story from the man in my circle. Right. So it's not it's not that I'm alluding to there's there's um, some 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 falsities behind any of this. It's just something that is completely amazing to me that you got so many black women, so many sisters that feel like this, go through experiences like this. And then where are the men in the community to either speak out against this, to either check their homeboys if their homeboys is like that or. To, to, to do something, bro. Like, what the fuck is niggas supposed to do when they hear shit like that? Because I'm all ears right now, bro. Listen. I'm all fucking ears. I, I got... I'm, I'm, I'm... Thank you for sharing. Okay? Um, definitely uh, do not like to hear those types of stories as any real man would not want to hear those types of stories. And, and just hearing it just angers me and I don't even know who it is or what happened. But let me let me let me let me put this out in the air. Um and I wanna say this. I personally um am very close to a, a similar situation. And as just like you, you know, I won't I won't throw names and things like that out there, but I will say this. The the brother was molesting his brothers, which is would be his nieces, mm -hmm. uh, since they was kids. Mm -hmm. So this went on for years, okay. Mm -hmm. And um, once the the girls got old enough, 
they went to their grandmother and let their grandmother know what had been going on. Their grandmother took them directly to the police department. Mm -hmm. The named individual was arrested at the house, but not only was he arrested because it wasn't his home, he was at his parents' home. They arrested the parents of the home as well because the girls said that the parents were condoning hmm. these actions and were aware of these actions and doing nothing about it and actually encouraging them versus protecting them. And we're talking about a married couple, man and woman, in the house letting their grown son molest their grandchildren. So, so the uh, the man was was picked up, put in prison. Uh, he was con the 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 the, uh, the parents of the house eventually were were cleared, but he went to prison, convicted, sentenced, and uh, ended up dying in prison. So I want to say to anyone listening that hears this, do not feel like nothing will happen. I've watched it happen for my own two eyes. Mm -hmm. And we're not talking about, oh, it was just uh, last week. No, this happened over a course of some years. And this man was prosecuted and convicted and sentenced. So please, any any young lady, any grown woman, I don't care if it happened when you was a kid. If you don't feel comfortable, go go to go to an adult, go to an elder in the family. Let them help you with it. But you have to report it. You have to report it. Let me say it one more time. You have to report it. You know, there was somebody in the comments that said uh, victim shaming is a real thing. Um, that you know that that kind of contributes to as to why women get in these scenarios where they don't, uh, you know, want to report. So, like, what do you say to that, bro? What's up, JB? I see you hopped in. What up, JB? What's up, fellas? Man, we trying to unpack some shit, bro, because I don't have some shit on my mind, man, and I really needed to. Just get back with the brothers and, and, and try to decompress, bro. Um, but, you know, I have, man. I've been hearing stories like this, bro, for a long time, man. Um, you know, about sisters that are in these scenarios where somebody assaults them sexually or takes advantage of them uh, in some way, shape, or form. And... Not that they just let it go, but, but for lack of a better way of putting it, that's what's happening. Like, you know, they're they, they not pursuing any action. Um, and so I'm, I put the question back on the man, like how, how and why are situations like this happening? And am I, am I the only one that, um, you know, has heard this so frequently over the years? 
you know, GT is he chimed in and he's he's said he can kind of relate to that, man. But I'm just asking men in general, bro, like, are, are these are these scenarios that you hear just as frequently as I'm hearing? Because I hear I hear the shit all the time and I don't I don't get it. Yes. I don't get what's happening out here, bro. I hear more so with family on family. Right. Right. Yeah. There's the other dynamic, man. Like, you know, the, the, the family molestation uh, factor. I hear that all the time uh, from women of all walks of life, but, but black women especially, bro. Um, and, and, and what is that about? You know, I remember, I remember actually um, some years back, man, uh, I don't even remember who, what, what, what it was that happened, but there was another young lady uh, somebody has shared with me um, something that had happened to them when they were a child, and she was talking about how, you know, most of the women that she knew um, as an adult, most of the women that she knew had a similar situation happen. And, you know, I remember actually, like, posting about it, like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know that there's any women in my family. I remember calling out the women in my family. I said, man, like, look, I'm hearing about these sort of scenarios being real common in the black community and black families. And I've never known of any women in my family to be going through something like this unless they kept it from me. And, bro, you wouldn't believe, bro, but I got inbox, man. I got messaged by women in my family that, that, that said, yes, little Rodney, I have gone through that from family members. And again, GT, same scenario. Soon as I'm hearing this, bro, I'm like, bro, well, hold on. Who, who, what, when, and where, and you know, what's gonna happen next? You know what she told me? It don't even, it ain't even worth it to even bring it up. Ain't nothing gonna happen. You know, so so that's man. I don't know, man. Like I'm. I'm fucked up right now about that, bro, because, again, like, nigga, I'm, I'm, I'm 44, bro, and, like, I've been hearing this type of, these type of stories since I was in my young, young 20s, you know, early 20s, but to continue same, to hear these stories, bro, it's like, man, like, how? The, the, the exact same here, even within my own family, you know, um, I, I've heard of these stories, um, and, um, you know, it, it, listen. From what I'm not a woman, so I can't speak. But it almost seems like that breaks their spirit, and they don't want to. They don't even want to fight no more because they they fought and they lost. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I'm just throwing. I don't. I'm. Not, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I'm just throwing yeah, it out there. But that just kind of seems. You know, when you say, well, who, what, when, and where, and they say, oh, it ain't even working. It's like their spirit was broken, and they never got it back. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man, what's up? And why is that? Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, because again, bro, like, man, look, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, bro. I don't think that I, I I'm, just, I'm saying I don't think, because you never know for sure, but I don't think that any of the men that I associate with on a regular basis has ever done no shit like that to uh, a woman period let alone a black woman no nah, i don't think I so i just really feel like that 
I, I honestly feel like that, bro. But again, is, is that me? Is that us as men being naive? Are we contributing to sort of the culture? Because if you ask a black woman, she's going to tell you this shit is stupid common. She's going to tell you she done dealt with that type of shit from hella niggas throughout life. What is it, man? Somebody else chime in. JB, Mr. Jamal, I see you still out there. I think Ms. Devin joined us again. She had a lot of stuff to talk about too, man, but I don't know if she uh if you heard what we were talking about on this on this subject matter. Hey, I'm on I think I was hearing what you guys talking about having hanging around certain guys and not seeing the signs that the guy is not as stand up around men as he is with the woman in his life. Uh yes and no. I you know, I was really I was actually I brought up a scenario you might have you might have hopped out right when I was bringing up the scenario, but I was bringing up a scenario uh that I've been upset and bothered about. Um and you know, it was a, a young lady, uh close close love one of mine, uh she shared with me a situation uh where she went on a date with a man recently. Um and she blacked out, like she put something in her drink, she woke up with him on top of her. Um, and so, um, you know, me, I immediately was infuriated, ready to do something. Um, and, and those thoughts, as I calmed myself down from those thoughts, you know, my immediate next course of action was, okay, well, you know, what needs to happen next, um, in terms of, you know, this man answering for what he's done. And, you know, she, she, she didn't want to come forward, you know, like, and that, that, you know, opened up a dialogue for me because that's something that I've seen happen time and time again um, throughout life with women who have confided in me or opened up to me about uh, being sexually assaulted. And every time I, you know, my my reaction is always like, "Well, no, nah, you got to, we got to turn this nigga in. We got to do something. We got to answer for this." And um, I've always been told, "No, that's not the route we're gonna go." I'll tell you, man, even, and I, I don't even mean to be long-winded about this, bro, but it's, it really has been something that I've been dealing with for a long fucking time. But the very first time somebody opened up to me about this, um, I was 19 years old. It was my girlfriend um, at the time. Um, she opened up to me, um, and she told me that uh, we were in college at the time. And she told me that she didn't like going home our college breaks because when she went home um her her stepdaddy would molest her and he had been doing it since she was like in middle school um and you know she was telling me about how much it fucks her up mentally and emotionally um and you know how she really had nobody to talk to about this and you know again i'm infuriated this is my girlfriend telling me this right um, but then what she did was when she told me this, the immediate next thing she told me was, if you ever tell anybody what I told you, I'm going to deny it and I'm never going to speak to you again. Because I don't want to deal with the headache that'll come for me opening up about this. So as a woman that's been through both scenarios, right? So I, I know, Holly, you know, like a little bit about my ex, my uh past marriage and that was like mm -hmm. abusive versus 
um, like my younger days being molested. Like, I think mm -hmm. what most people, women, men, whatever, they fail to realize, like, there is a lot of judgment that comes. Granted, the world will tell you, oh, you're not, you're not the problem. You're the victim. The, the backlash that comes from it doesn't feel like that. And right. um, it's also the protection that we don't get when we do speak up. So just, you know, in a nutshell, like my ex-husband, like attempted to kill me two and a half years ago. Um, I could have told all my male cousins, brothers, uncles, whatever. But as a woman, I'm thinking about putting them in harm's way, not saying that they can't beat his ass, but also thinking like, what if things it, like go too far and now somebody loses their life or one of my loved ones ends up in prison. Like those are the kind of things that sit on our conscience as the victim. Like, even though we need protection, we're trying to protect everybody around us. So then when we try to go to the police, because that's also the thing that everybody tells us to do. I've learned in this last situation with my ex-husband, like even they don't protect us. Like restraining order, no contact order, none of that shit matters unless you know what i'm saying like the police is right there but you still have to get to a safe space to make sure that you can even call the police so it's almost like damn if you do damn if you don't and i made a post maybe a week or so ago um where i was like i'm frustrated because i don't feel protected and i had a couple of men that are close to me reach out and was like you making us look like a weak nigga because how you get on here and say you don't got no protection and, and I'm your brother or I'm your I'm your best friend or whatever the case may be. And it's like, if I put you in a situation to either get hurt or be in prison and take you away from your kids, then how does how am I supposed to sit with that? So it's no easy way for a victim, a woman victim to even be able to process through those situations, whether it's sexual abuse or physical abuse, without having to say, F your protection and think about protecting everybody else. Like it's always that burden. No, um, I could kind of see like, from speaking from your brother's standpoint, you know, seeing a post like that, um, I, I think the immediate reaction is, you know, most of us would kind of take offense to that. And it made me think, because um, I've heard, we hear it all the time, you know, black women will say they don't feel protected by black men. And so I was just wondering, just to throw this question out to the brothers, when we hear our sisters say that, do we take offense to that? To hearing that? Um, and I'm not saying necessarily is it something that we take offense towards them with, but I'm just talking about in general. When you hear something like that, do you feel compelled to defend yourself, to defend them more? Like, how does that make you feel when you hear black women say that they don't have protection, they don't feel protected in this world? How do, how do that make you feel? So, if, I'll speak on it a little bit. Uh, I agree with her. Um, or not her, but just with, with that statement, because uh, I actually I spoke about this on the podcast just in, in reference to black men being responsible for the safety in their neighborhoods, but but they're the ones that are terrorists in their own neighborhoods. 
So I can absolutely see where they're coming from. Now, if somebody personally that I knew said that, I mean, when I take offense to it, I say it depends on who says it. So, uh, you know, just somebody I don't know, she says that, like, I can see where she's coming from. But let's say if my sister says that, like, like what Devin said, she's getting a phone call. Like, what's up? Like, I'm, I'm probably not going to, like, attack her. Like, why don't you feel safe? I'm right here. No, baby girl, what's wrong? Let's go. That that's where I come from with it. Yeah, you 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 want to know, but I think I think a lot of us are like that in that sense. It's like you know, um, if if I hear or see you saying something like that, then now what I want to do is you know I want I want to change I want to change that narrative, right? Isn't that how black men are supposed to react to that? Even if it is you know I took offense to it or whatever. But the bottom line is. We should want to change that narrative. However we got to, I don't know if it's even possible, but we should want to change that narrative, right? In, in my opinion. Am I right about that? Oh, absolutely. Because, like, this shit fucks with me, bro. I ain't gonna lie, man, because again, man, like, um, and, and just going back to the scenario I was talking about, um, you know, from from when I was in college, bro, that that really did crush me, bro. Because like I, I dealt with that scenario uh, for almost a year after that, um, and that that was kind of my introduction to the whole uh, concept of mental health being a real thing. Um, because you know this this young lady, man, that I was with, bro, like you know she was dealing with that situation at home, um, and you know after so many months. Because I did, I honored her, I respected what she wanted from me, which was to not tell anybody. Um, for a while, at least. You know, after a while, bro, like, I had to break down and talk to somebody about it because it was fucking with me, right? Um, it was it was fucking with my ego, it was fucking with um, just, just my mental state of well-being in general, bro, because um, the bottom line is, I felt powerless. I felt like this is somebody that I'm supposed to protect. She's not allowing me to be in a position to do it. And, and, and even if I was to try to go against, you know, what space she's given me towards the situation, I'm still not going to be able to do nothing about it. Like that was a scenario, bro, where I, you know, for the first time, like dealing with mental health and, and anguish and that sort of thing. But then at the same time, bro, that was the first time I had to, humble myself to, to, to tell myself like it's nothing that I can do about this situation and that's still disheartening I, I think the way to change it is understanding what protection should look like because again like I'm saying from a woman's perspective the fear is putting our loved ones in a position where they may need protection or they may lose access to something so it, it, it's like because the same thing happened, like I said, when I was a kid, I ended up confiding in my sister that I was being molested. And for years, I hated her because she told my mom, not understanding, like we ended up going to like family therapy when I was like 22 years old because my mom had got real sick. And that came up. Like, I was like, I feel like you told because you hated that we had different dads. And she was like, no, I told because... 
every time you left to go over there, I knew you was going to be hurt and I knew I couldn't do nothing to stop it. So my only option was to tell my, to tell mama so that you couldn't go over. And I think as a victim, sometimes we forget how heavy that burden can be by telling somebody else, which is why most of the time we don't tell, but there has to be something in place to where I feel safe telling you. And I know that you're not going to um, either get obnoxious and go attack somebody and put yourself at risk, or you're going to walk with me through the journey of whatever it may look like once the, the issue comes out, because that is, a whole nother realm like my daughter was just molested two years ago and i purposely made sure that i went through steps with her so that she could know she was supported through it because it's one thing to be like yeah we're gonna call the police so this man can go to jail but the trauma that comes from that the trauma that comes from having to keep telling the story over and over to this detective this child protective service person the court you know like that is mentally draining and I didn't want my daughter to feel like she had to do that by herself. And I also knew what I needed then, but I also made sure to ask her what she needed to be comfortable in that process. So most of the time, me and you guys are just naturally fixers. Like something's broke, I'm about to just fix it the best way I know how, but you don't consider asking what fixing it may look like for the other person. Is it fair to say that that either of us could be wrong though and what i mean by that is um you know i get into conversations you know with in, in, in all of these scenarios right where it's like hey i'm suggesting hey this is what we need to do we need to we need to you know you need to come forward you need to do this you need to do that and what what happens is she'll say well no i don't want to do that because then a b c and d will happen well well how do you know that a b c and d will happen Right? Could it be? Could it be? Uh, is, is there a scenario that exists where a man wants to take a certain course of action, a woman thinks that that's not the best route, and 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 neither one of them are right? Like, 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 you know what I'm saying? What I mean? Like, could it be that? Like, where do we? Where? Who? Who do we? Whose judgment do we supposed to go off of? And I, and it sounds like you saying, as the victim. You know, you're supposed to respect her wishes behind that. But what if she's wrong about it? Uh, I get what you're saying, but she's the victim. So she's, at the end of the day, going to be the one to endure the most out of if it's right or wrong. Like, if everything, say, for instance, she comes to you and you say, okay, I'm going to just go talk to dude. And you like, babe, I'm right. I'm just going to talk to him. But then y'all get into a fight and you kill him or he stab you or whatever the case may be because nowadays niggas is ignorant. Then that's going to fall back on her because now she's going to feel guilty for even telling you, for you being hurt or for you being in jail. And that's just going to add to what she already feels. Mm -hmm. so the, I mean, of course, you can always hope and pray that things don't go opposite but in this day and age most men don't want to be checked and most men don't want to run the risk of checking men because most men nowadays have no accountability there's no brotherhood there's no standards there's there's like no integrity like it was back in the day like when i was a kid 
I seen my daddy approach people on my behalf to protect me. And it was, this is my daughter. I'm saying what needs to happen and that's it. And that'd be the end of it. But then nowadays it's like, you go be like, hey, what's going on? And it turns into an altercation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that um, was my argument with my brother. So he was just like, let me, let me, let you can't be up here because people know that we affiliated and they looking at me like, how am I this kind of man, but you making this kind of post. And sometimes it's like, it's not about you though. Like, I'm not saying I don't feel protected by my brothers like I really feel like as a woman we don't even we're not even protected by the justice system like up until this situation I always naively thought it was the men that had issues with the justice system like they don't give a fuck about women either like they care about who got money and that was mm-hmm. my reality check when I had to go through the justice system with this yeah and that's what I we kind of opened up speaking about that dynamic um you know because uh, we were talking about the, the sister that lost her life with that crazy white woman um you know and 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 those are the, those are the scenarios those are the nightmare scenarios that i think all of us um just hope and pray that we never are in those scenarios that um would have to involve you know anything where race race plays a factor um but even in, in those scenarios, like everything that you spoke about, Devin, was, is, is, a, is a good scenario. Those are real scenarios because um, there are times where uh, the, the, the authorities, they don't take the same um, course of course of action if it's us involved in, in, in making the report. Um, you know, so but one of the things like just circling back to what I said when I was asking, like, well, what if she's wrong? about what she thinks should be the best course of action right so like um just just going back to the to, to the scenario that i was speaking about um one of the things that um one of the things that she said was kind of preventing her from wanting to come forward was you know she didn't know what type of drama was going to come behind it like if, if he was going to get upset once they once they contacted him about this situation and she was fearful about that sort of being the scenario because she's like, you know, well, he knows where I live. So, like, if, if I if I come forward about him and, you know, what I'm saying like not enough action is taken. Well, he knows where I live. And like, what if he tries to come for me after that? Well, my whole thing was, well, if he knows where you live, you don't know if he's going to try to come back for you at any point anyway. That's the type of scenario that I mean when I say, well, what if she's wrong? Because in that scenario, it's like, if you know where you live, you know where you live, right? And, and you try and avoid these situations, but you can't, you can't be held accountable for or You can't control how um, he's going to react either way, whether you come forward or not. The bottom line is you know where you live. So, so in my mind, it's like, why not? Like, you got to, like, but again... Just using that scenario as an example, but these are the scenarios that I've heard and 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 dealt with throughout life, man. Like like I've always had uh, sort of those conversations with black women where you know they they've confided in me for one reason or another, but it only goes so far because they don't want to move forward with the drama 
that comes along with trying to turn somebody in. And Miss Devin, I think that you are saying that the authorities play a role in that as well in terms of them not serving justice if if, if somebody does come forward. Yep. And then on, on the flip side, like nobody's gonna attack you if there's not a threat. So I get what what the scenario you're using, but if she keeps her mouth closed, then there's no threat to him for him to attack her. But once it gets out that she said something, that's where her fear of the attack comes from. So like, you know, as long as they know that they've instilled fear in their victim, they're not gonna attack. They may keep preying on you and, and, and doing the wrong doing to you, but they're not gonna harm you until they feel like you're gonna blow their cover just from personal experience. So um, your scenario, it, it does make sense, but at the same time, like, just again, as a victim, there's always a risk. And we look at it like we've already endured so much from the initial act that if we can avoid having to go through anything else, fuck it, I'll just keep my mouth closed. Like, I'll, I'll live with it forever. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and then knowing that there's not any real protection from that like i look at my current situation like i'm posting and promoting different places i'll be anytime he can pop up like he's already popped up so you know so it's almost like it's only so much prayer you can do too it's like at some point and and i actually snapped at the police department like it's like y'all damn near want me to kill this man because y'all not gonna keep him away from me and you're telling me to call you when i see him but what the hell like i gotta wait for y'all to get there i had to wait four hours for y'all to come just to file a report like it, it, it's insane it it, it makes I, I actually like going through my own situations with the law i understand why we as a culture don't depend on him because it's it's really like what are y'all going to do anyway? And that's a horrible feeling to have, but that's the feeling. Like, even with my daughter, like, I was just like, I want her to see the process of what it's supposed to be legally. But I set my daughter down and looked her in her eye and I said, this cannot happen again. And if it does, we're not dependent on the police. I want you to see that we're going to give them a chance because this is their job to protect and serve. But at the end of the day, you're my daughter. Hmm. And that, like, that was a hard conversation to have as a mother with my daughter. But it's like, it was real because I wanted her to understand, like, you're not at fault. I, I applauded her for being strong enough to immediately tell me what happened to her. But it's just like, it, it won't happen this, this not, it won't be this calm the next go round. But that's the fear. Like, people literally prey on us, like, not to discredit a man. But it's like we are preyed upon by so many people, the people closest to us, strangers, like we can't go anywhere without somebody looking and lurking and looking for an opportunity to make us a victim of something. Yeah. Who we? Yeah, no. I was talking, I was like, it's good because I mean, you do have those women out there that are content in the mess that they're in and, and you can't save them until they want to be saved. But then there are actual women out there that are dead ass tired and need support. But it's such a heavy burden to carry knowing that 
you asking for help could cause somebody harm. Like it's just like it's not worth it. I just keep my mouth closed. I just still have a problem with that sort of thinking because it's like there's still harm being done to you and <laughs> keeping your mouth closed. Like, you know, like even going back to the scenario, you know, where you were saying like, you know, if there's no threat, then he's not going to continue or he's not going to try to harm her. But he's already harmed her. He's yeah. already harmed her. With, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, 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 like it's just like, do we do we define or look at uh, different forms of abuse, um, like like in, in sort of a ranking system? Like, well, you know, I'm getting abused in this way, but it could be worse. Like, is that is that what's going on in, in these sort of dynamics? Because to me, like, you know, even if somebody is not, you know, trying to come for you and take your life, you know, to take away you know, your, your innocence, your, 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 you know, your privacy and, 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 and attack you in a sexual manner. To me, that's, that's, that's just as damaging. It is, especially from a mental standpoint, but of course, most people look at it as what they can physically see. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a whole lot of internal healing that has to take place. Like, I'm 37 years old and I'm just starting I mean, TMI, but real talk, like I'm just starting to understand um, the healthy design of sex and what it was meant for, because at seven years old, I was introduced to it. So everything that I thought it was supposed to be is like, nah, then like your relationships was based on that trauma. How you interacted with men was based on that trauma. And, and it's like, you know, again, I'm an advocate for mental health, but in reality, we look at the physical first. Oh, they look mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's going on, Mr. Burke? Seeing you uh, hopped in. I see Princess out there too. What's going on, honey? Appreciate y'all joining us. We uh, we got kind of heavy tonight, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I don't even think that we went in a direction that any of us planned on going in when we uh, stepped in here. But uh, I did have some things that I wanted to get off of my chest and, and I wanted to give the space to do that. So uh, if anybody has any other thoughts or questions, go ahead and chime in because I do feel like I've been on my soapbox. <laughs> when, we t when we talk about mental and emotional abuse, uh, um, I, I grew up in a household that was wrought with it. Um, and it took, it took some time for me, even therapy to kind of unpack what kind of household I was living in growing up. And in that time frame, I didn't realize how much control my father had over my mother actually until well after my father had passed away. Um, my mother, you know, I asked that she was like, um, you know, we went out to eat somewhere and, uh, went to IHOP. Matter of fact, went to IHOP. And I was like, I went to go pay with my debit card. Like, oh, here, I'll take care of it. She's like, you gonna let them take your card away and just pay? I was like, yeah, I'm paying with my debit card. They come to the table, they grab your debit card, they take it up front, they pay for it. And I realized that moment, almost paid a bill a day in her life. My father did not allow for her to do that. He had so much financial control over everything that she couldn't leave if she wanted to. Even if she wanted to. There was no way that she could make that happen. 
So when we talk about financial, there's a reason why people don't leave. Most times, most people have been in in domestic violence situations, a whole emotional, sexual, financial, whatever. Um, there is something called Stockholm syndrome, where folks are like, "I will defend this person because that's all I got," and I don't have that. They, they've isolated me so much. It's one of the red flags I ask people, like when when I'm working with them, is like, "Hey, look, this person is trying to isolate you your friends. They don't want you to spend time with your people. That's that's mm-hmm. a red." But we're not taught mm-hmm. that. Hey, we're not taught to think that's the case because we we are we have been taught that certain forms of abuse are normal. We're taught sometimes that those are love. Like, oh, he's so jealous of you. He want to be close. Nah. And unfortunately, I don't. I don't think we're doing enough to protect our people. I don't. I don't think we're doing enough. And I also don't. I don't think that certain things are. Um, I think when it comes down to certain aspects of emotional manipulation, isolation, things like that, things that are the the, the things that start abusive relationships don't start when folks get grown and start dating. They, we normalize mm-hmm. early. We, we normalize early as, like, I have two daughters. I wish somebody would say, oh, that little boy like you because he keep hitting you. That's why little girls know how to box. Because I guarantee if a little boy hands on her, mm, they're going to have to meet Jesus that day, probably. Like, that's that's part because of the that's You're saying that's something that we tell the kids. You know, if a little boy is, is picking on you or, 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 or abusing you, that made me like you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love tap. Yeah, love <laughs> certain things it's like, hey, yeah. that, like physical harm equals love. He's not listening to your boundaries. Love, little boy, but no, over and over and over again says, when well, you go to prom with me, and he ain't getting a hint. Oh, he really determined. No, if we don't teach, we don't. And this speaks just speaking as a as a man, as a father. If we are not teaching little guys how to actually like hold these boundaries as mm-hmm. young. Then we will continue to over and over. And also, if we're teaching, if we're teaching folks how to emotionally manipulate both ends, men and women, then we're going to continue the cycle of continually hurting each other over and over again. You know, it's funny you said that because I've even started parenting different. Like growing up, you know, you get your ass whooped by your parents. They'd be like, I whoop you because I love you. Mm-hmm. I've made it my duty not to even correlate the two like I'm whooping you because I'm disciplining you and I explained that process I don't even intertwine love in it because you really like mentally like you start thinking that that's okay and any form of hitting is love is discipline is oh I did something wrong I was bad so they're trying to make me better and that really like tears up a brain like you'll really think that mm-hmm. all of that connects and it it doesn't yeah they start those neurons start firing together and all of a sudden your brain starts saying oh well they hit me because they love me they wouldn't hit me if they didn't love me mm. and you start mm. normal- yeah 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 well y'all 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 go in there with me tonight man uh-huh. okay okay i mean okay this, this shit gets normalized so early it's terrifying you know like if if this that's this is why like people you know crack jokes when my daughters are young but i was like i'm dead ass sick every time my daughter every time my daughter's to bed if i that, i have the same i've had the same routine with them since they were baby and in that routine i always ask the same thing hey do you want however old they are if you want two hugs you want two hugs two kisses on the forehead and two more eskimo kisses on your nose every night i ask, hey is that something you want tonight if the answer night 
They added no, no, thank you. Okay, I leave the room. The reason why is I want them to know, hey, your no matters here. Your no will always happen. So if you don't want to, like, you don't want any kind of physical contact, that is okay. And I've raised kids on behalf of like family members who are like, you don't want to give no hug. No, the fuck she doesn't. Mm-hmm. No, the fuck she doesn't. She doesn't want to give you a hug, and she's not mean or rude because she doesn't want to. It's because her body is hers. We gotta re- mm-hmm. can't tell someone that we need to worry about stranger danger out here, and then not teach them their boundaries at home. Because most mm. of the time, like being the molested, heart. starts close to home. I honestly mm-hmm. like it. It's it, always I ain't gonna say always, but I'm I'm just gonna quote and probably read wrong. But I feel like it's ninety percent. It's 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 about the people who have been sexual harmed or abused have been somebody they knew. Mm-hmm. Why they knew? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, though. Like I don't. It's it's. I I, I kind of chuckle a little bit when people talk about stranger danger. I'm like, no, get your creepy uncle at the table. Mm-hmm. I tell my kids, you you must speak. You're gonna be respectful and speak, but you don't have to hug, touch. It ain't no sitting on laps. Ain't no you don't right. kiss everybody. Like no, nah, I don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I used to think that I was inflicting my trauma on them. Like for a long time, I was just like, I'm so scared that what happened to me will happen to them. And then going to counseling, it was just like confirmed. Like no, you teach them boundaries. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're te- boundaries and i want them kiddo i want my daughters to learn them with me so if they're comfortable telling me no congratulations they should be comfortable telling somebody else no mm-hmm. boy that's a powerful thing right there man. you know and I, and I never thought about that because uh, i don't have kids so you know um please don't nobody start throwing rocks at me i'm not contributing to this because i don't have none of the kids out here that's being taught that um, but I see it all the time, and you're right. It's very normalized. Very normalized um, for uh, a man because you know what? Now that I think about it, bro, like I've seen this done over and over and over again. You know, a little girl, you trying to get a hug or a kiss from family member or something, and and she ain't in the mood for that. So now she mean or she being disrespectful. She got an attitude. We don't, you know what I'm saying? We ain't gonna have no attitudes over here and this and that and this and that. Well, you guys bring a different dynamic into it, and that's something that I've just never thought about, man. Like just how um powerful that is in terms of uh the muscle memory, bro. Like just just teaching certain habits, man. Like, um, it is okay. Like you yeah. said, bro, it's okay. Cause shit, we, we that's how we gonna be as adults. Yeah. And on top you of know, that. That's also teaches. It also teaches if we teach them that you have to hug uncle or cousin such and such or whatever else, and if they don't, their feelings get hurt. We teach them how to be emo- emotionally manipulated. You're literally yeah. teaching manipulated by saying, "Oh, well, they'll be sad if you don't give them a hug." That's grooming. That's how grooming works. Yeah, it also puts you know. Now that I think about it, I mean that's that's sort of how, um, like y'all brought up, man. Like that's that's how. You put your 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 young daughter, your young your young girls in those scenarios where uh, now they're confused uh, in a scenario where it does turn into a molestation because now there's nobody else around besides her and uncle, um, and, and and this is is something that she's been groomed or or taught, um, and 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 that that 
basically creates the space for those scenarios. That's that's how those scenarios become so common. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and again, man, there has to be some sort of breakdown to it, man. We got to start having a dialogue about it, bro, because I'm not going to lie, bro. Like, this is one of the things, um, there's probably three things, bro, like just from a, a, a trauma standpoint uh, that I rank in terms of, like, these are things that bother me the most. Death and grieving is one of them. And when I hear about somebody close to me that's dealt with a sexual assault, that's another one. Um, and it's because it's because it's such a repetitive thing. It's something that um, I continue. It's just like, man, just when I think I'm not going to hear about that ever again, um, you know, whether it's in just in general or at least from this same person ever again. Right. I'm not going to like I, it's something that continues to repeat itself, bro. And. I feel angry and powerless at the same time because right. I do get in those scenarios where uh, you 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 do get like like you know I've been talking to Miss Devin about this all night. I've been told that hey, if you tell anybody what I told you, me and you will never be the same again. And 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 so it's like um, there is um, like like Miss Devin said, you know she she brought up the dynamic or or the, the idea that. Sometimes victims don't don't uh, think about or uh, realize just how damaging it is uh, to the person that they open up to, right? Like there's 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 somebody you can confide into because you went through this horrible traumatic experience, but now you know now that they know that you went through that experience and they feel like that they haven't done enough or that they can't do enough. Um, you know, even even if they're not walking through that journey every day with you, they're still dealing with some sort of journey on their own because that I'm just speaking now. I'm speaking from my personal experience, bro. Like, like I've been I've been dealing with this, you know, what I'm saying on my own, uh, so to speak, just because of how repetitive the theme has been. Like, God damn, every time I look up, I'm hearing about these sort of scenarios. Like, when is enough going to be enough? You know, what, what, what do we do? Because for me, bro, and I think just for man, like Ms. Devin said, man, as man, we fixers, right? So, so a lot of the time, we just real practical in terms of solutions. So like for us, the bottom line, it just feels like, man, if it's something that you're doing in the dark or in the shadows, the way that we get you to stop doing that is to expose you. That right. just seems like that's the, that seems like the immediate, the appropriate course of action. But I've, I've learned over and over again, that it's not that simple. It's it's a lot more complexities involved in that. Uh, but again, it still doesn't change the way that it makes me feel, bro. And that's yeah. why I wanted to bring it up tonight, man, because it's it's it really does, bro. It fucks me up as a man, as a black man. No, it, it does. It does. I'm, I'm with you, man. Like if I, there's there's I don't think there's anything more of a disgusting act than sexual assault, man. I just don't. I don't. I just, it just it 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 is like it's not. There's, no parameters where that is like ever okay any stretch of imagination so when we have folks out here who are taped for the celebrities or who will like won't like oh you know if a when you have a scenario where somebody brings up any kind of assault or something like that's happened to them you leave it to their because the thing that's stripped away is not only your physical but also your autonomy too as well so you leave them the, the space to be able to say well how do you want to deal with because we, because for all the all the assaults that have happened in that scenario, not too many people are held accountable. Like I think Devin was alluded to this when I hopped on, so forgive me if I'm repeating it. But like, it's very rare 
that someone is held accountable for that. Extremely rare someone is held accountable for that. So when that happens, it makes sense why folks like I don't want to do so. I don't want I don't want to go out here and you know talk to this person. I want to talk to the police. I don't want to talk to this person. I, I'm scared of what could happen. I'm scared of retaliation. And I, folks been defending Bill Cosby and R. Kelly for years, and he can say it in his day, ain't but a damn number. And we say, no, no, R. Kelly, bro. He told you what he about. Like. Mm-hmm. So if he's telling you what you're about, and we still dance and step in the name of love, I got an issue. I got daughters, y'all. Like, I tell you, I don't even play. I believe I can play. Get on with it. Like, okay. school. Like, we come down to like protecting folks. That actually means being about that life and saying like, okay, I don't care if it's my cousin, my uncle, my pastor, whomever else. If they doing fucked up shit, go get their ass. Period. Like. Like it should yeah, be. that's what I'm saying. That's the see. That's where I come from. It's like, yeah. man, I fuck that. We don't need to protect him. And it's like sometimes I'm a little bit insensitive about it. It's like, like okay, you don't want to deal with this trauma, but like, man, fuck that. Like I can be insensitive in trying to pressure you to to still come forward. But I think I'm right. I think that I'm doing that from a good place. Like I don't think that I'm doing that from you know any sort of malicious intent or or. Uh, not having your best interest at heart. I think I'm just being a practical man. Man, the way that you expose, you have to expose somebody doing something in the shadow because otherwise you 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 keep you don't give them their cover. Like don't don't keep them covered like that. And and again, I'm not I'm saying that while knowing that it's not that simple. I'm just saying that my this is my immediate reaction as yeah. a man. And being aware that immediate recognizing like hey this is not the way they go about it that way they know holding the bag and for the the vast majority the vast majority of sexual assaults i deal with in a clinical clinical sense man they are not going solved they are not going solved the person decided not to come out because that was the captain of the football team that was the the star player at the college that dean's son they won't they won't believe me and they're right because Machine this over and over and over again. Mm. Like, and I think, oh, go yeah, now go ahead. But that, that's that's all. That's all I got. I was just thinking, even if we relate it back to the situation with the young lady that just lost her life, mm-hmm. you cut out, Devin, Devin, or did I cut out? I think. Oh. Oh, okay. Man. But I think that's a big part of it. Like, I think there's the thought process. Of, I want to go get this person, but the thing is, if if the system's gonna leave her unprotected, because then you have to out yourself. You have to out yourself. Yeah. If you, so then at that point, they know where you stay, where everybody else stay, and they have recourse to come back and come get you. So some folks end up in therapy because they were like, "Look, I not only want to deal with this trauma." But also at the same time, like I have to deal with the fact that I I've been silenced. I can't say anything. I can't say anything about what happened because if I do, like I said, I keep coming back to my brother. Like he he really chewed my ass out. Like I was on the phone boohoo crying with him because he was just so aggressive in his approach. Like you can't tell people you're not protecting, and it's like, but bro, I am 
because the only thing that's going to prevent this man from attacking me change everything about who I am and that's so frustrating because everything that I have going on I got to pull back from certain events I have to not promote everything on Facebook because he's watching or he got it like to have to change your whole identity because there's no protect for you in person like it is frustrating right but we have to dummy ourselves down and isolating and not respond to everything just to stay safe like come on man right and a lot of times we as men with we want to guarantee we can keep somebody safe but you can't so if you decide to go ahead and like well, i'm gonna go get this fool i'm gonna go expose him for who he is and he gets away scot-free i mean then are you gonna stand by her side every single night because you put her out there Respecting survivors also means respecting their right to report or not report. And, and it also it also it also means keeping an eye on like, man, when is my fight for vengeance like overriding her autonomy to choose whether she wants to report or not? Yeah, that's something that I've man, look, man. You now you speaking to my life now, man, because that's been I, me, bro. But under, over and over. I understand. I'm not coming to this just from a clinical standpoint, man. I got I got cousins and family. Yeah that was the same situation where I want to tear somebody's head smooth off and it was like don't do a damn thing because I know what you're capable of I was like I don't but that's all right like this person's still yeah. sitting they are and I can't do anything about yeah. it but being able to process through like man like look I gotta respect her wishes make sure she is safe and my aim is to make sure she's safe and feels respect and has autonomy and that's how I framed my decision to not do what I did mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't change the fact that, like, when I see it out in public, when I see when I the reason why I stand up so I, I say Bill Cosby's name loud and proud as hell and say like, yeah, he's a fucked up human being for what he did for a long period. So was R. Kelly, and the reason why I say that with my whole ass chest is because somebody who's if we talk about one in four women, one in six of dudes that experience sexual assault, somebody out mm-hmm. there is. If you count off all your friends, somebody had experienced this, bro, and they may not have told well, you. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I was saying. I made that point a little earlier, bro, because I'm like, bro, it's such a repetitive thing that I hear from black women. And then and then at the same time, I look around in my circle, I look in my surroundings, and it's like, well, damn, bro, like, 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 how is how is this such a repetitive thing where I'm not I don't get that energy when I'm in when I'm in room with certain spaces with men. So is it something that I'm missing? Is it something that I'm overlooking? Is it something not being disclosed to me? What is it, right? Like I go into like this, 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 this uh, emotional turmoil, bro. Like running around in circles of trying to figure out how to get to the bottom of it. Um, but where I always land, bro, where I always land is that, bro. I feel like it falls back on us. Like, I don't know if that's, I don't know if it's just, you know, me just trying to feel like that we as man is supposed to be Superman. But I feel like it falls back on us, bro. Like, like, like I said. Um, I was bringing up, you know, when, when we as black men hear from women that, hey, as a woman, I don't feel protected. As a black woman, I don't feel protected. That, that, that Does that not offend you? Does that not make you want to change the narrative? Even if it's not anything that you could do about it immediately, snap your fingers and make it, you know, change and make it make them feel better. But how does that make not make you want to change the narrative like that has to fall back on us? At some point in time, like, like, you know, we spoke about this in the episode, like, 
you know, if, if, if a woman doesn't feel safe under your protection, even, if, you know, and, and Bert, I believe you hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, there, it's not our responsibility to make them feel safe. But what we can do is an honest assessment. Yeah. with ourselves we can do honest self-assessments and so i think that's what it is bro like i think that's kind of the point of my rant tonight bro is that i still think at the, at the end of the day bro it falls back on men and, and and us holding each other accountable even if that accountability starts with self in the beginning but it's mm -hmm. got to fall back on us bro it has I, to i agree i actually agree with you i think i think by the time we get to the point of like i'm gonna go back and get my get back against this person and the person who survived the abuse is saying, no, I don't want you to do that. I think we're coming in a little too late. I think it starts with how we actually, like, how we teach, like, when one approaching women in general. Like, if we, if we, if you, if you're, if your boy is, like, catcalling, harassing women from the side of their car and shit, and we laugh at that shit at 14, 15, because we ain't know no damn better, that means we got to teach the next generation something a whole lot different. We got to quit, yeah. normal we got to quit normalizing creepy ass dude behavior. Like we got to, mm. we, like we, that's 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 where some of this shit starts because that's typically that starts with a sense of entitlement where a guy feels entitled to saying what he wants to say with a woman, doing what he wants to do with a woman, and then at that point we've also we just normalize this shit. We've normalized and overriding a woman's consent. So it starts with the idea of like the culture that's around. Like that's why we talk about like rape culture is that we're talking about like how we are taught to override the women around us it's mm. important. it's important to start there like start with the culture that we have is built in here like we can do we can do a lot of preventative care in that situation a lot of you know I, I, I love i love that fact that point that you just made man and and, and i'm just actually i'm looking at time now we've been on this mug just going oh, uh, and I got to be respectful of time, man, because we definitely uh, kind of went over. But you made a great point, man. And I think that's really what it kind of boils down to, man. That, that, that actually helps me help settle some things in my mind, bro. But, you know, you talked about the whole concept of overriding a woman's percent in these scenarios. And uh, so I think that my takeaway, man, uh, what I'll end on as far as my thought is that's a very powerful thought because, um, when you have women that are, have been in these scenarios where they have been taken advantage of, sexually abused, sexually assaulted, um, their consent was overridden in that scenario. Mm -hmm. um, now, dealing with the post-aftermath, the post-drama of the scenario, you have different men that are in that woman's circle who hears about these horrible things that have happened to her, and now he wants to uh, react in a certain way you know, he's wanting to pressure her to come forward or, or do things in a way that he sees fit. Um, now she's getting her consent overridden yet again. Yes. Um, and so so that, that 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 puts a lot of stuff in perspective for me, bro. So I really do thank you. I thank everybody, man, for hopping on tonight, man. And, and, um, and uh, just just kind of having this dialogue and this discussion, because it is it is a conversation that we need to continue to have. Um, and, and, um, we don't always get it right, whether victim or protector, we don't always get it right. Uh, but I think that conversations like this, man, you know, where we give everybody just kind of this space to open up, um, are super important, man. So I just, I just appreciate it. Uh, does anybody else have any other thoughts, any other points, uh, questions or, or comments that they wanted to make before we hop off? I, um, I, I would, I would just say as a woman, 
that as our brothers, it is important that y'all don't take on that weight because that just adds to our guilt. Um, I understand everything that you said, uh, Rodney, about wanting to protect, wanting to fix. Um, but I think the next step of this conversation needs to be a joint conversation again of trying to create a plan where, like uh, Bert said, where you guys can protect, but in a way that it won't add a burden to us. And those are the conversations that need to happen so that we can start coming to a solution. It's not always about att attacking the person, the, the the defendant or whatever, but really just working with the victim and informing and educating and breaking generational curses. Like he said, I seen a post today where they were like, we need to teach young boys how to approach women. That is a true statement. You know what I'm saying? The cat calls, the the aggressive, the thinking you can reach out and touch her butt because you attracted to her. Like those are all forms of disrespect. And if we respond a certain way, then that puts us in harm's way. So I think definitely being more solution focused on a topic like this is key. And I'm I'm grateful to you for being the man that you are to even being willing to have this conversation, putting yourself on the line and being vulnerable with us. Because as a woman, we do need to hear how our actions and our responses to our trauma make y'all feel. Because we mm -hmm. sometimes get complacent in, it's me, it's me, it happened to me but not understanding mm -hmm. that that also weighs heavy on the people that love us too. So that that was my takeaway today, realizing that even the things that I go through have an effect on those around me and being mindful not to uh, belittle that that impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I appreciate you for that, Sister Devin. Uh, did anybody else, anybody else want to chime in? All right, well, listen, man, uh, this was a, this was another great conversation that we had, man. So I appreciate uh, everybody hopping on uh, for this unpacking session. Um, make sure that y'all tune in next week. Uh, next week, we will have another episode uh, from the lovely sisters. Uh, so they'll be uh, coming back with episode four, and then we'll be back here on Clubhouse the week after that to unpack their episode. So uh, until then, man, listen, uh, I want everybody to enjoy the rest of y'all night, enjoy the rest of y'all week. Me, myself, uh, and my, my brother JB, we are in Vegas right now, uh, you know, fellowshipping with some other brothers. And so uh, we, we we trying to get some healing uh, out here on the West Coast, man. So. Uh, thank you to everybody joined us, man. I hope we all heal, and uh, I'll talk to y'all soon. Take care, y'all. Y'all be safe out there. Okay, right on. You too.